If you have a copy of your Bible with you today, please open with me to the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, We're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, and we're only going to read one verse today. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, and we're going to read verse 10. And we're going to look at at just the one verse. I want to talk to you a little bit about where you're living. Where are you living? Now, I'm not talking about um, do you live in the town, uh, do you live in town, or do you live in the country? I'm not talking about... You know, how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms your home has. I'm not asking if you have an attached garage or a detached garage, if you have a garage. Uh, but what I'm talking about is it is a fact of human existence that a person can occupy some space, they can inhabit a space, but be living elsewhere, somewhere else. You can be in one place in body, but you can be someplace else in your mind, your heart, your affections, your spirit. And if you've, been at, if, if you've ever been in a meeting at work, you know what I'm talking about. You know, sometimes you go to work and, and you sit in those meetings and maybe uh, the meeting that you have to go to does not apply to you. And this happens a lot in education. I know we have uh, a few educators here in the, in the church, and I'm sure it happens in other uh, industries as well. But you go to a meeting, and what they're talking about doesn't make any difference in your life. But yet you have to sit there and, and endure it anyway, and, and we, we just do that. And you can be there in body, but you're somewhere else in your mind. Sometimes we come to church, don't we? And we're here in body, but we are somewhere else in spirit. We're somewhere else in affections. Used to, whenever I worked in, at Republic at the school, I would wear a Hawaiian shirt. Because I only had like five shirts that I would wear. And I just rotated them all the time, and the Hawaiian one was one of them. It didn't matter what time of year it was. It could be the dead of winter. It could be hot. It didn't matter. And I'd wear this Hawaiian shirt. And I'd go into school, and somebody would inevitably make some comment about how festive it looked or something like that. And I would comment that, well, I'm, I may have to be at work in body, but I'm on the beach in spirit. And, and probably you've had something like that in, in your own life. Sometimes our bodies are present, but we don't live where our bodies are. And sometimes we can live in the we, we can exist in the here now, but we live in another time period. You know, sometimes we live back in the past. No matter what we've experienced in the past, those days tend to take on what's what somebody's called a golden hue. Have you ever noticed that? What do we call them? Those are the good old days. Them was the good old days. You remember the Judds back in uh, back in the 80s and 90s, the country duo, and they had a song called Grandpa. And they'd sing, Grandpa, tell me about them good old days. And, and that's one of the things, I, don't get me wrong, I like to reminisce. I can't remember very much of my, of my childhood and stuff, so if you hear me tell the same stories, part of it is because I like them, part of it is because those are the only ones I can remember, so I tell the same ones over and over. But you know what, I like to hear people's stories. I like to hear what happened in their lives, what they went through. But let me tell you, the past is a good place to visit, but it's a real poor place to live. The past is a good place to visit. It's a poor place to live. And that's not my idea. That's what the Bible is going to tell us in our text today. Now, the book that we're going to look at, the book of Ecclesiastes, is what you might call, it's, it's almost like a kind of a downer book. You know, like uh, Paul, whenever you read some of his stuff, he's like, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We read Ecclesiastes, and he says, all is vanity. It's all futility. Everything under the sun, it's the same thing today, yesterday, and, and it's just over and over again. It's kind of depressing. And it's written by Solomon, the wisest man outside of Christ himself. And God gave him a, a, a very wise heart and mind. 
And Ecclesiastes is kind of like a journal that he kept as he was seeking out wisdom. But in this, in this writing, in verse 10, uh, he, he tells us some very important stuff about where we're living. So if you found Ecclesiastes 7.10, please stand with me in honor of God's word. If you don't have your Bible, it's, uh, it's up, on the, up on the screen for you. Solomon says, Do not say, Why is it that the former days were better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask about this. Thank you. you may be seated. Now Solomon's words here are so simple, so easy to understand. Listen to him again. Do not say, why is it that the former days were better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask about this. So, so most, mostly what we have to do is just think through what he's saying and, and then make some application of it. So what does he say? He says, don't complain that yesterday was better than today. Don't, don't complain always that, that the past is always better than the present. Why? Well, it's, it's real tempting because we always get into that you remember uh, Jeff Foxworthy, he used, to, he used to say that rednecks had this word, used to could. You know, sometimes we live in the used to could days. Well, I can't do it now, but I used to could back in the good old days. Back in the good old days, I could do this, that, and the other. Somebody has said, it's been said that the good old days are a combination of a bad memory and a good imagination. And I, I, I just think that's great because some of the descriptions I hear about the good old days don't sound very good to me. But you know what? This is a big deal because we idealize the past all the time. We act like and, and maybe get to thinking that the past was all good and today is all bad. But let me tell you something you already know. There's no age in the history of mankind that's been all good or all bad. That means 50 years ago. That means 100 years ago. That means today. There's never been a time that's been all light or all dark. There's never been a time that's been all holy are all unholy. Why? Because there have always been bad people and there always will be bad people. Somebody said hard hearts make hard times. And people had bad uh, hard hearts back in, in the day, back in the good old days, they have them today, and thus we have hard times. Now, when I look at verse 10, I notice that, that he says, don't get to thinking about the good old days all the time. What are some areas that we might get to thinking about the good old days? Well, sometimes we might think about uh, the good old days at work. Maybe we get a new boss in. You know the young guy, the young gal. And she doesn't do things, or he doesn't do things the way the old boss used to. Maybe we change jobs, and, and then we start talking to our spouse, our significant other, our co-workers, whoever it is, and we start saying, you know, I sure do miss it when, when Tom was our boss. You know, this new guy, I just don't know about him. You know, because Tom, he never gave us any, he, he never made me mad once. Yeah, right, if, if somebody's your boss, they're going to make you mad at some point. But we get to idealizing the past, and so this new guy is all bad, but the old guy that we just had that we couldn't stand, we were so glad to see him go, all of a sudden he's all good now. Sometimes we think about the good old days in our spiritual lives or at church. I don't know how many Christians would say, you know, there, there was once a time in my life when I was so much closer to God than I am now. Or sometimes they say, you know, I remember the good old days at church. I remember when, when, the, when the seats were all full and everything we did, I understood. It was all familiar. Things hadn't changed. And, and then there's some growling when there's any change. You know, you take up offering at a different time in the service. And people, ooh, that's not set in stone, you know. 
One of the old pastors from years ago, Vance Havner, I, I quote him uh, semi-often because he just had some great observations and just had a way of putting things. Here's what he said. He said the, the problem in churches are all the babies. It's not the babies in the nursery. He said some of these 150 to 200 pound church babies keep the pastor busy running around with the milk bottle when they should have been on beefsteak years ago. When the church calls a new pastor, the infants may be heard to complain, I don't like the new preacher. He changed my formula. And they're always fussing. And sometimes we do that, don't we? We live in the past of the golden era of, of our church or of our spiritual life. Of when we were so close to God, we led that person to, to Christ in 1972, and we haven't done anything for God since then, but, but that was the good old days. Things are a lot harder now. Or we think about the good old days regarding the younger generation. All these kids today. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Boy, back in my day, we didn't talk to our parents that way. Back in my day, we were obedient whenever the teacher said to do something. Back when I was a kid, there wasn't stuff like this going on. I mean, they listen to music now, and I can't understand a word they say. You think maybe your parents thought some of that about you? Listen to this, listen to this statement. And guess, guess how many years ago it was written. Times are bad. Children no longer obey their parents, and everyone is writing a book. Now, we could probably say that was penned in 2015, right? That sounds like today. This was written by the Roman historian Cicero, who died about 40 years before Jesus was born. Okay, so this is 2,000 years ago, saying the exact same thing they're saying in 2015. Things don't really change that much. And, and just like we do in all of life, we idealize the past. We give it this golden hue. One of the old writers, and I know I'm quoting a lot of people, but a lot of people had some great stuff to say about this. He said, Whence does it arise that old people are so fond of talking of the degeneracy of the time and referring to the days when they were young as days when all things, uh, as days when all things were in healthier and more pleasing condition? If you were to put implicit faith in the representations you would conclude that there was nothing which had not changed for the worse and that it was indeed a great misfortune that you had not been born half century sooner. Solomon says, if you live in the past, you are unwise. You're unwise. But that really doesn't get to the root of the problem, does it? I mean, we, can, we can look at this and we can, we can kind of smile and laugh. Oh, yeah, kids are the same. Ha, ha, ha. We can, we can smile. Oh, yeah, well, I, you know, I, I've, I've noticed myself doing that at church or whatever. But what really is the problem? Why is it such an unwise thing to do? Well, one problem is that focusing on the past and living there doesn't really change it. You know, if we, if we believe that everything in the past was a golden age and we idealize those things, and, and, and maybe we're on the other end of the spectrum, though. When you talk, talk to people, they don't tell you any good stuff that happened. All they tell you is when they had to go out in the middle of winter to the outhouse and how bad it was. And they'll tell you how they had to walk uphill to school both ways in the snow that was, you know, 10 foot high, they're barefoot and destitute, and they, had to eat, and they had to eat dirt for lunch. And they'll tell you how terrible things used to be. Either way, whether it was all good or all bad, and, and there is no error during where that's the truth, but 
even if that were the case, we can't change it. So why focus on it? It's history. Somebody said the past is history, the future is a mystery, today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. No, no amount of idealizing the past, no amount of complaining about today is going to change anything one little bit. It's, fut- it's futility. It's a waste of time. We only have a short amount of time on this earth. Why waste our lives complaining about the way it used to be and the way it's not today? It doesn't make sense. The second reason it's unwise is because it misses what God's doing today, which is always something new. You don't read in the Scripture where God says, I'm going to do an old thing. Behold, I make all things old. He doesn't say that. Listen to some of these verses. Psalm 33, sing to him a new song. Psalm 40, he put a new song in my mouth. Isaiah 43, behold, I will do something new. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered or come to mind. Isaiah 65, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. 2 Corinthians 5. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Revelation 21. In the upper room, Jesus said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Hebrews 8. When he said a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete, but whatever is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to disappear. All these things, the Bible keeps saying, God's doing something new, something new, something new, something new. And we want to live back in the day. One of, the, one of the most telling, and if you write in your Bible or on your bulletin, you may jot this down. Luke chapter 5, uh, verses uh, 37 to 39. Jesus likens the kingdom of God to a lot of different stuff. And one of the things that he talks about is the gospel is like new wine. And he says you don't put new wine in old wineskins. What in the world does that mean? Well, a wineskin back then, they would take the, the, high, uh, the skin of a a sheep or a goat, and then they'd sew it up real tight so nothing to leak out of it, and they'd put their new wine in that new wineskin. Now, if you've ever had a baseball glove, you know that uh, when it's new, boy, it's, it's pliable and flexible. And so when that wine would begin to ferment, it'd give off gas, and, and as those gases would expand, the, the wineskin was flexible so it would bulge out. No problem. But just like a baseball glove, after it gets some age on it, The leather gets real stiff and inflexible. And if you put new wine in old wineskin, when those gases would be given off, it would burst that wineskin because it couldn't expand like the new one could. And it would spill all the wine out on the ground. You'd lose the wine and the wineskin. And so what Jesus says, he says the gospel, the kingdom, is like this new wine. We don't put it in the old containers. There's a new way of doing things. It's not the law. It's not this old uh, tradition that you grew up with. I'm doing something new. There's grace. There's forgiveness. There's direct access to God through, uh, through the Spirit and all these things. Listen to what he says in Luke 5. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled out and the skins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And here's the, here's the key verse, verse 39. And no one, after drinking old wine, wishes for new, for he says... The old's good enough. The old's good enough. In other words, when we live in the past, we are in danger of missing what God's doing today because we, we, we've seen what God's done in the past, and we say, 
It's good enough. I'm content with that. I'm content with what God did in my life 30 years ago. I'm content with what He did 10 years ago, yesterday, whenever it is. That's good enough for me. God is always doing something new. Now, to piggyback on what was just said, when we focus on the past, we also ignore the present mercies of God. We ignore the present mercies of God. Jesus, in in the model prayer, he said, pray like this. Give us this day our daily bread. There's daily provision. Jeremiah said, your mercies are new every morning. He gives us mercy. He gives us grace each day. But when we look only on the past, we miss all that stuff that's happening today. And when you think about it, when we idealize the past and we, when we complain of the age in which we live, and I'm not saying we can't recognize the bad that's going on in our lives I'm not, or, or in our nation or wherever it is. I'm not talking about that. But I mean when we idealize the past and set it up as the golden standard and complain that, it, that today's not nearly as good as it was yesterday, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, we're really complaining against God, aren't we? Because what we're doing is we're saying, God, you made a mistake. Let me be born when I was instead of back in this age. We complain about his providence and his care for us because we say, well, what's going on now isn't good enough. Who do you think provided what you got? God did. We're ungrateful. And it's never a good thing when you argue and, and complain against God. Now, I try to come up with an illustration. What would this really look like living in the past? Always thinking the past was better. Always idealizing it. And I realized the best example of this idea is in the Scripture itself. Back in the Old Testament, back where we rarely look, Exodus, Numbers, best place you can find this example. What happened in Exodus? Well, the Israelites, the Hebrew people, were living in Egypt. They got enslaved, and they were enslaved for some 400 years. They, they had taskmasters over them, whipping them, beating them, making them work out in the hot desert sun, and they began to sigh, and they began to cry out to God for deliverance. Finally, God sent Moses. Moses led the people out. And, you know, we, we could talk about all the plagues that God brought, and he was showing the Israelites... I am the real God, not these false gods of the Egyptians. I am the real God. They get out in the wilderness. Exodus 16, they haven't been out there very long. And here's what they say in Exodus 16. Would that we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat. Starting to sound like the good old days. We had pots of meat when we ate bread to the full. For you brought us into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. They got hungry, and they said, you remember the good old days? I, I remember, yeah, they used to beat me like a redhead stepchild, but you know what? I got a loaf of bread. Mm, boy, that was good. That was, that, those were the good old days, you know what? And you know what God did? He didn't strike them dead. He gave them manna, bread from heaven. And here's what they said about that. They weren't too long eating that. Numbers 11, they grumbled because they had no meat. Listen to this first phrase. They said, we remember. We remember the fish which we used to eat free in Egypt, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our appetite is gone. There's nothing to, at all to look at except this manna. 
listen to what they're saying. God, and, and Moses said, you're not complaining against us for doing this. We're not the ones providing it. That's God that's doing it. You're complaining against Him. Here's what they're saying. God, we were in bondage for 400 years. And you know, we had to work out in the heat and they would they would whip us and beat us and we had to we were slaves we didn't have any freedoms we had masters over us that told us what we could do where we could go who we could be with but you know what there's some pretty good days because I could have a, I could have a melon mm, those melons must have been good you know what now I don't like melon I do like garlic I'm getting to where I like onion. But you know what? I've never had any kind of food that would that would be better than freedom. Come on! I mean, it's slavery. And then, before too long, here's what they did. Numbers 14, verse 4. They said to one another, let's appoint a leader and do what? You remember the story? Return to Egypt. They said, you know what? I'm so sick of being free. I'm so sick of not having somebody beating on me. I'm so sick of having bread from heaven. I'm so sick of God giving us quail and supernaturally providing water in the desert. I'm so tired of all that. I'd much rather go and be a slave. Well, those were the good old days. Isn't that stupid? When you hear it laid out, the facts, it's stupid. But that's the allure of the good old days. Where anything that happened in the past, you just think about today. Ten years from now, you'll look back and say, today was one of those good old days. So remember how it is. Today was a good old day. They longed for the good old days of slavery. How, in Solomon's words, how unwise is that? But don't we do the same thing? Oh, those were some good old days I went through. But if you were, if you were, uh, if you would record your, your thoughts or your words to your friends, and listen to them ten years from now, you probably realize they're probably not quite as good as what you're going to remember. So what should we do with all this? Well, there has to be a balance. We should remember the past. In the Old Testament, God would do some, some miracle to deliver the people, and what did they do? They'd set up a pillar. They put up a big heap of rocks to help them commemorate that God had done something in their lives. Deuteronomy 6, the Shema. God says you should, you should teach these things to your kids, how God has worked in, in your life. Those are good things. But don't live there. Don't dwell in the past. Paul said, I forget what lies behind and I stretch forward to what lies ahead, to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So visit the past, but don't live there. But also realize your past doesn't determine your future. Because sometimes we get to thinking, well, this is the way that I've always done things. We, we, we do this as a church. Somebody, when I was going through college, they said the last seven or eight words, whatever it is, of a church is we've never done it that way before. So what? You haven't done that way. That's saying something's different, therefore it's going to be different. Who cares? That's, yeah. And, and sometimes that's kind of the point, isn't it? But we do that in our own lives. We get to think, well, I've always lived this way in the past. I've always made these mistakes. I guess I'm bound to just keep repeating them. No, you don't have to repeat them. You can, you can change. 
The past is a fix. You can't do anything to go back and change it no matter how much you want to. The future is what you can change. It doesn't, it doesn't even determine your now. Sometimes we think, well, this world is so bad, I've got no choice but to you know, get into this sin or, or have this wickedness. There's no excuse for that. We talked a few weeks ago about how God is the same today as he was yesterday and, and in ages past. God never changes. You know what? He's still here today to help us, just like he was back then. He's still ready to help. Solomon, if you read through the book of Ecclesiastes, he says, today's a lot like yesterday. It's basically the same thing. God is still good and people are still bad. So instead of complaining about the badness of today, instead recognize the badness of our own hearts. The old commentator Matthew Henry said it this way. He said, it is folly to complain of the badness of our own times when we have more reason to complain of the badness of our own hearts. If men's hearts were better, the times would mend. And when we have more reason to be thankful that they are not worse. But that even in the worst of times, we enjoy many mercies which help to make not to make them not only tolerable, but comfortable. So here, there are like five things. One, don't live in the past. That's not wise. Solomon said point blank in verse, verse 10. Instead, remember the faithfulness of God in the past. Look ahead, get your own heart right, and recognize God's mercies of today. Live for today. And I'm not saying, you know, don't think about the future. Don't presume on the future. We should plan for the future, but realize, you know what? I can't change the past, but I do have today. I may not have tomorrow, but I have right now. So live the way God wants you to live today. Why don't you stand with me as musicians come. And as you stand, I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. With nobody looking around, I just want to give you an opportunity to um, just to talk to God. Maybe, maybe you found yourself this week, you've gotten together with friends, sat over a cup of coffee and reminisced about the good old days. Again, reminiscence is good. You can learn a lot from the past. But if you live there, you're going to miss what God's doing today, and that's, that's no good. Or maybe as I've talked about this, you know that God's worked in the past. You know that God is at work in our world today, but he's not working your own life. Maybe you're a Christian, and, and the book of Psalms says that our sin has separated us from God. You don't get unsaved once you get saved. But you can have your fellowship broken. Maybe you need to get something repented of. Or maybe you're somebody who's never accepted Christ as their Savior, and you don't have that relationship with God. The Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And I invite you to do that. Heavenly Father, Lord, we know that that we can learn a lot from the past. We know the things in the Old Testament were written for our instruction. We know that if we don't learn the mistakes that 
we and other people have made in the past, that we're going to end up doing the same things and repeating those things, and that we know that's unwise. So help us to learn those lessons, to remember your faithfulness. But also, God, we pray that you'd help us to move out of the past in our hearts, out of the past in our minds, to realize that the good old days, we may be fond of them, but they weren't all good. And even though we may be disgruntled and and discouraged about what's going on today, we know that today is not all bad. But no matter what era of time we live in, that you're still the same. That you still love us. That you still draw people to yourself. And we thank you for that. God, if there's somebody here who's never accepted Christ, I ask that you convict their hearts and draw them to you. If there's a Christian that needs to get right, Lord, help them repent and make the change that they need to. And God, for those times when we want to slip back in the past and just live there, live in the old heartache where somebody's offended us, live in the glories of days gone by in our spiritual lives and our church and our families whatever it is help us to recognize what we're doing and move into today lord we thank you for your amazing grace in jesus name amen